he asked me, could we watch Contagion? And then we, he was um, texting with his friends in group chats while we were watching the movie. And it actually presented a really good chance for us to talk about the similarities between what was happening in the film and what was happening in real life, but also the differences. And that was actually a really good conversation to have with Julian. And then he was sharing a lot of that with his friends. Honestly, it's a little better because all of the friends that I'd like to see during the day, I can see because sometimes you won't have a specific friend in your class, but now you can have all of your friends with you while you do your work all day. The word crisis in Chinese is a combination of two words, wei ji, and it's danger and opportunity. Hi, this is You and Me and Everyone We Know, an audio diary made by everyday people living through the coronavirus pandemic. I'm Brent Love, and whether you're listening to this right now or you're a guest on this podcast, you are part of a community. You are not alone. Thank you for taking time to listen, time to connect, and time to remember that we're all in this together. This is a really special episode because today we're talking to a family of three. Amelia, Jules, and Matt. Amelia just started a job as a coordinator for World Vision's global COVID-19 response. Jules is a high school student in a Minneapolis suburb, and Matt is a licensed provider of Chinese medicine who is currently working with active COVID patients. In the first part of this episode, we're talking to Amelia. Amelia and I work together at the American Refugee Committee, which is now called Alight. I've known Amelia and her son Jules for nearly a decade, and not long ago, when she married Matt, I got to dance at her wedding. When we talked, she was already working at home, and you can hear the sounds of family life going on around her. She left the world of humanitarian aid to pursue acupuncture some time ago, but when the pandemic hit, Amelia got a call from World Vision to help them coordinate their global COVID-19 response. We talked on March 25th and it was her first day at her new job. Hi, Amelia. Hi, Brent. How are you? I'm doing well. Crazy question to ask right now. No, it's a, it's a good question to ask right now. It's highly relevant. Yeah, it is. Uh, well said. It is highly relevant. How are um, you? No, I have... Uh, I have good days and bad days. Yeah. I have a, a friend, uh, Drew, um, who calls this the Corona Coaster. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he'll be mad that I stole his joke, but I gave him credit. Um, <laughs> but yes, it, it feels like that, like every day, you know. Totally. Um, totally. So, yeah. So how are you? How, like, how's, how's life and what does it look like right now? So I'm doing good. I'm doing really, really well, given um, all the circumstances. So everybody in my life is healthy, and I'm grateful for that. So um, we're all good. I think it's looking, you know, kind of similar to everyone else in the Minneapolis area um, in a lot of ways. But we're, um, you know, we're expecting the shelter-in-place order to come tomorrow. So oh, I think it came. It came today. Did it come today? Uh-huh. So it starts tomorrow at two p.m. Yeah, I think that's right. So Matt came home from the clinic early, and we just went to the grocery store to get a couple more things. And you know, everybody's wearing masks, and they've got tape on the floor to keep you six feet apart. And it's you know, yeah. so it's it's normal, but not normal. <laughs> yeah. 
So, but we're doing good. I think, um, yeah. I mean, I work from, I was working from home anyway for the last five years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm naturally an introvert as well. So, um, you know, not a whole lot has changed for me, to be totally honest, except that, funnily enough, I spend a lot more of my time on the phone now because a lot of my friends and family who are not introverts are going kind of nuts. And so I actually mm-hmm. have found that I'm having a lot more phone conversations than I used Yeah, I think to. that's true of everyone. And our extroverts are um, spilling over, mm-hmm. you know, just like, <laughs> we will find a way. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So Um, it's been a virtual happy hour plan for tomorrow night with a couple of my girlfriends, one out in LA. And um yeah. What I what I have done is I've ordered board games. And a couple of them arrived today, so I'm really excited so that we can we can play board games. What board games? So we've been playing Settlers of Catan, which Mm -hmm, is really, mm -hmm. really fun. But I ordered um Exploding Kittens. Oh, I love that one. Mm-hmm. And I ordered Clue, the office oh. version. <laughs> Excellent. And I ordered a game called Relative Insanity, which okay. apparently is authored by Jeff Foxworthy. Oh, uh, 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 okay. <laughs> it gets rave reviews. It's supposed to be like apples to apples, but like for your family members and relatives, like information about your friends and family. Oh, so, fun. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see. Cool. I'll let you know. And then we're, right. we're trying to plot a um, like a a virtual video charades game. With a okay, so someone else uh, on the podcast actually brought up a virtual charades game, but hadn't <gasps> figured it out. So if you figure it out and how that's going to work, um, I would love some advice because uh, I think there's a need. I agree. I agree. A critical need. I exactly. <laughs> What do we need right now? Charades. Yeah, video charades, please. <laughs> as soon as possible. <laughs> I'll let you know when we get it up and running. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, maybe you're in a development for an app right now. I think yeah. it's, uh, this, is, this is your moment to be a tech superstar. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a twist of fate right there. <laughs> um, okay, so... Um, I get, I, so I'm, I really wanted to, okay, first of all, um, I think you mentioned you've, uh, you've had a job change or your work is adjusted because of everything going on. Is that right? Yeah. So, well, I actually quit my job in April of last mm-hmm. year and I'm yes. a full-time student. I've been studying acupuncture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the organization that I used to work for, World Vision, reached out to me and asked if I would come on board to coordinate their global funding efforts, their grant efforts for their global COVID-19 response. So I'm now I'm taking my studies and putting them on hiatus for a little bit while I focus on that. And can, what does that look like for you? Or like how, I don't know, how would, how would you describe the work? That is a good question. And <laughs> <laughs> it's all very up in the air. So I'll, uh, and it's, it's not very well formed yet, which I think is um, actually also very reflective of the whole situation. So that's yeah. not unexpected. But um, from my conversations thus far, it really looks like all of the response internationally is going to have to be 
um, the same as it is here. Essentially, everything has to be grassroots. Everything has to be from the ground up because um, all of the major donors like um, USAID, for example, are pulling their people or have pulled their people back to the states. Um, yeah. And, you know, for example, the entire country of India is on lockdown right now. So um, even within the respective countries that we're looking at doing a response in, some of our staff can't, aren't mobile, can't move. Um, yeah. And of course, we have to consider the safety and security of, of staff and responders, too, on top of everything. And so um, it's, it's definitely looking like it's going to be very much a country by country based response depending on the conditions that are, are happening in each country at that time, how much movement they can have, um, you know, and what the situation is. Totally different than other work that you've done. Totally, totally. So normally in any kind of global emergency response, there would be an immediate, so you'd send a team, right, out on yeah. the ground. And yeah, you'd start doing that kind of very much boots on the ground work. Um, and that's just not possible right now. Also, donors are kind of on the back foot. They're not sure what to do. And so it's very uncertain what kind of money or how much money or how it would be distributed. So um, it's it's definitely a unique situation. So the answer is I'm really not sure what I'm doing yet. <laughs> But uh, it's, I mean, you just started doing it, right? Yeah, like last today. week? Today. Today. Oh, 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 congratulate. F- happy uh, first day of work. What an unhappy day for uh, the need, but... Um, no, but I'm really yeah. glad to have the chance to actually, um, you know, jump in and try to help out in this situation to the extent that yeah. I can. That feels really good. So uh, I'm glad yeah, to be doing I, it. Cause I feel... Yeah, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I feel... Um, you know, the news, all of the news that I hear about, of course, is mostly focused on the U.S. because that's where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, but also on, you know, communities that are more affluent because mm-hmm. they, one, own the media that's being made. So you, you're not hearing about a lot of the... Um, kind of communities that have less, you know, money or resources, but also, um, and this is not scientific. I'm just like regular Joe over here, like reflecting on the news, but, uh, the disease is traveling with travelers. So Mm -hmm. it is moving with people who have the means to travel. Mm -hmm. And so it, it is infecting places where there are people with more mobility. And I think that it's, um, it's headed towards places with even less resources. For Um, sure. I know, for example, there's been a real issue in Afghanistan because there were a lot of Afghan refugees actually in Iran. And now um, there's a massive outbreak of COVID-19 in Iran. And so Afghan refugees are actually returning to Afghanistan across the border. So, and they are, as they're traveling, they're potentially bringing it with them into Afghanistan. So there are some really unique situations unfolding with this internationally. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a scary thing, but I'm very glad that you're working on it. I am too. I think uh, you know what I was gonna say. What I was going into is, uh, you know, it's prior to this. I think I really felt helpless, which yeah. I think is potentially the way a lot of people are feeling. It can be very yeah. intimidating and scary to be listening to the news every day about the spread of this and really feeling helpless about what you can do or not do about it. And so um, for me. Uh, it's been really nice to be able to feel like I can 
jump in and actually try to help out in, in some way. Yeah. Are there experiences that you've had in your life that have prepared you that you feel like you're drawing on? Yeah, I suppose that I suppose that would be true for everybody. You just you have to draw on whatever it is that you have. I mean, for me, I think off the top of my head, I'd say, you know, spending two years in the Peace Corps in a village Mm. in a very rural part of southern Morocco where um, I was on my own and very much isolated. Um, I, you know, I think in, in, in not so funny terms, but things could always be worse, right? I mean, we have yeah. running water here. We have electricity, yeah. refrigeration, freezers, grocery stores that we can get to easily. Internet, we can listen to podcasts. And so there are, are we have a lot of things that we can do to help, um, not only with, um, you know, entertaining ourselves and keeping ourselves busy, but with good self-care. Uh, and I think, you know, spending time, by myself in a country where no one else spoke my language for two years and where I had no running water and electricity, I think I really learned to do for myself. And I also learned to be um, not only self-sufficient, but be okay with being by myself, be okay with being alone. Um, And um, I think that actually has prepared me very well for a situation like this. I mean, I'm obviously not on my own because I have my husband and then my son is with me part-time, but um, I, I don't really, I know for some people that the idea of not being able to go anywhere or meet up with people or do things socially, I know that that's very difficult. And it's, I think it's not as difficult for me because um, I've done it before. And also because I feel like I've done it under somewhat more difficult circumstances than what I have right now. Yeah. I, I, I think back on my own Peace Corps service and, and think about the experience of like just having to build a life up from scratch, mm-hmm. you know, like all your patterns are gone. Totally. And you have to you're building um, community from the ground yeah. up right yeah and and here we have our community we may not be able to you know hug our parents or, or our friends but um, I'm able to talk to you right now like yeah you're doing. so we have our community it's already built and we're just relying on those structures to keep us going yeah so, so I do worry about the people who don't have as much community that does yeah. stress me out yeah, or access to, I mean, the internet is for sure right now the number one way that people are um, keeping connected to that community. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have access to the internet or you have limited access to the internet, that I think would be scarier. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and I and I am looking, you know, as we talk, we're both people who have worked in nonprofits and and, and look for ways to help. I'm I'm wondering if anyone listening or if we'll either of us will find ways that we can help people with access to the internet. I wonder if there is a That's a really efforts for that idea. right now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure that there are. I know I've seen community donation networks uh, in terms of financial donations for people who are struggling single mothers and other people who have lost yeah. their ability to work and need the income and I know I've seen, you know, donations for supplies to hospitals and medical clinics and other things like that. And I I mean I've seen all kinds of um efforts for people to, you know, people reaching out and helping others, which has been very uplifting. Um, but I don't think I've seen anything around basically like internet literacy, which is, um, yeah. that's a brilliant idea, Brent. Yeah. We should yeah. follow that up. Okay. So we're going to invent the app for the virtual. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Gonna, <laughs> start gonna... some kind of effort for like broadband as a, as a, as a utility that you might have 
you know, a right to access basically like well, water yeah. or electricity. I had to, I had to walk my mother through learning how to do FaceTime so we could have a video call with her the other day. Yeah. And so, um, if you don't have a family member or someone who can help you learn how to do that, then you're, then you're not going to be able to do that. Yeah. Or if you, uh, I mean, if you just don't have, I, I you know, I, I, I have talked to people who um, are connected to more rural communities where just a few hours outside of the city, they don't have, you know, kids don't have access to the internet. So they're all of a sudden really disconnected from their, their community of peers and oh, from yeah. learning, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and as this goes on and becomes longer and longer, it will, um, it's hard to get the news that you need, let alone the education that you need or uh, the ability to look up resources for food or or um, other kind of help. Absolutely. Oh, gosh. Yeah. All right. So we're thinking about it. If anyone listening is thinking about it, um, please let us know. Um, and if I find anything on the Internet between now and the time this episode actually goes out, then I will totally include it. Awesome. Um, yeah. Okay. So... Um, how, uh, you know, are you doing anything else fun at home to kind of get through the days? You got the board games, you're uh, cooking up a storm. I think of you as a food person. I am. I, I, <laughs> I'm a little embarrassed, but not too embarrassed to say that I binge watched all seven seasons of the Great British Baking Show. Oh, that is exactly the kind of television you need <laughs> right now. Yes, it is. And then I baked a chocolate cake with a chocolate ganache topping. Yes, and, uh, as you should. Was it? Was there a mirror glaze? Uh, no, there wasn't because I didn't have the right ingredients for it, but I have done a mirror glaze. However, chocolate ganache is very, very shiny mm. and it was a very satisfyingly shiny glaze. Excellent. Excellent. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm sure Thank you would you. have won that challenge. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> My next thing, it's a little extra challenging for me, however, because I'm doing dairy-free, gluten-free everything. Oh. And I'm trying to do as low sugar as possible, um, oh. which makes baking quite difficult at times. So my next, uh, for my next challenge, I'm tackling a um, gluten-free, mostly sugar-free pastiche de nata which is a Portuguese egg custard tart. Okay. Uh, how can I see pictures of this? You can just Google pastiche de No, yours. I want to oh, see your pictures yes. of it. I will post. I will post. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Um, cool. So you're baking, you're playing games, um, and I'm sure that you're enjoying being with your family. Yeah, we're taking lots of walks and things. Uh, Julian is obsessed with basketball right now, so he goes down yeah. to the park and, and shoots hoops. Uh, we have also been watching a lot of movies, so yeah. we kicked it off by watching Contagion. <laughs> oh, you're one of those. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> did that make you feel better? It actually did, funnily enough, because um, it gave... So it all started with, as you mentioned, the kids are using internet to keep themselves connected, so Julian has right. been doing FaceTime, and then we let him get Instagram, which we wouldn't have normally but we gave in because of the circumstances and yep. they are doing tiktok videos instagram and these group chats and facetimes and they were all talking about watching different um different sort of pandemic style movies and so he asked me could we watch contagion and so oh, boy. we did and then we, he was um texting with his friends in group chats while we were watching the movie and it actually presented a really good chance for us to talk about the similarities between, <clears throat> sorry, what was happening in the film 
and what was happening in real life, but also the differences. So what was really blown out of proportion by the movie and what was sort of made up, but what was also, you know, a grain of truth and what was, what was fundamentally real about it. And that was actually a really good conversation to have with Julian. And then he was sharing a lot of that with his friends. And so do you remember any of those similarities or differences? Cause I'm sure that people listening will have seen the movie or will be prompted to see the movie. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, so their method of transmission when they show is sort of the final scene of the movie. They show um, from A to Z the method of transmission. um, And that was actually very accurate. Uh, and so that was something that we talked about. And then the some, kind of that coughing and well, like, the, the jump from an animal disease to okay. a human, basically via an animal meat market. Mm-hmm. And then uh, some of the differences between, you know, in contagion, the disease affects both your respiratory system and your nervous system. And of course, coronavirus is respiratory only. It doesn't affect your nervous system. And so um, the transmission rates are also different. But the mode of transition was also quite similar. So it was through contact, through touch. And so that we talked about as well. And so the movie also did include a couple of really good scenes um, with, uh, you know, interviews with, uh, I think, Kate Winslet plays a CDC representative with her basically talking about how many times a day you touch your face yeah and that and that's real those are all you know real things the the contact transmission and how many times a day you touch your face and so those were great sort of teaching moments to talk about okay maybe i'll watch because of course i you know it was i think it's on amazon prime right now and i and i got pushed to you know i got the little like for you list you know (laughs) I'm sure that's on everyone's for you list on Amazon Prime if you have that. And um, and I was like, I don't know. I, don't think I would I just say you one, definitely but... need to take into account your own personality. So I also <laughs> recognize that there's a lot of anxiety and there's a lot of, I mean, which is completely, and I don't say anxiety in the sense of like everyone's freaking out. I, I say it in the sense of we are all every single one of us experiencing a level of anxiety right now that is fundamental to the situation. And so you just need to know yourself. I'm the kind of person where, um, I like for me, the way to calm myself down and to deal with situations that I find uncomfortable or anxiety producing is to laugh. And so, um, if I can, you know, watch a movie and laugh at some of those differences, then that makes me feel better. So watching Contagion actually calmed me down because Julian and I were able to laugh at some of the scenes and we were able to have discussions around what's real and what's not. And so that worked very well for me. It wouldn't necessarily have the same effect on everyone else. So I would just say, know yourself. If that's going to make you more anxious and upset, then don't watch it. Go watch Great British Bake Off. Yes, go watch the. Yeah, you gotta have both, right? No one, no one is going to be upset watching Bake Off. So go do that for <laughs> sure, and then maybe Contagion, uh, especially if you have a teenage child who is going to watch it anyway. <laughs> yeah, and I think the next one on board for us is World War Z. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay. I actually have that book on my bookshelf and I put it away. I like actually moved it off of the bookshelf. Yeah, I was like, I don't, different I, I, personalities, right? Yeah, so that's going to be yeah. anxiety producing for you right now. And you know that about yourself. So you're not going to read it. You're not going to go yeah. there. So yeah, that's right. I, I applaud you on that. I think it's just knowing your limits. Uh, you know what I am watching? Speaking, I mean, speaking of things that are, uh, that seem to be right. So 
uh, for some reason, I'm not actually watching comedies right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that has felt like the right tone is Westworld. Oh, yeah. Westworld? I love. Oh, yes. I've watched. So all I of just it. started it. Oh, I love it. And something about the dystopia and my reality isn't a reality and uh, kind of the meta narrative of the whole thing. Um totally is the right tone for me. So totally, you know, that fantasy that just transports you out of, out of your reality, out of where you are. Yeah. And something about like the question of Westworld is, is like basically what is, uh, what is a person and what's, what's, what is a, what is a person made of Mm -hmm. and, and how, and what's important to them. Um, and, uh, those are questions I'm asking myself right now. Of course. Of course. Well, and you're doing this podcast, which I feel like is a fantastic idea. So well done you on that. Well, thank you for, um, thank you for being part of it. Absolutely. I'm thrilled to be a part of it. In the second part of this episode, we're talking to Jules. Jules is like most of us now sheltering in place. I tried to imagine what that would be like for a high school student, away from your friends and your teachers and away from your regular routine. We talked on April 1st, and I was honestly comforted to hear how Jules could find so much to be grateful for in this new teenage world. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, um... Will you tell me kind of like what life is like for you right now with everything going on? Uh, well, e-learning started up not too long ago. So I've kind of got like a school thing going on right now. And it's, uh, I mean, it's just been like a regular school day for the past four days. But other than that, it's been mostly just facetiming with friends trying to keep up with everyone you know okay so uh i have two questions about that the first is how much different is e-learning than just like actually going to school like in the building it's a lot faster uh with school i get a 30 minute lunch break and i'm out by 405 but with e-learning i get two hours of lunch and it starts at nine and I'm still done at like two thirty. Do you have to like check in at a specific time? Well, there's, uh, these things that like it's attendance work basically. So okay. I'll have like this little assignment to do, which I have to finish by 5 PM that day to make sure the teacher counts me as like in the class and then I have like other assignments that I need to finish by the end of the week or some other certain due date that was set. So um, do you feel like that's a lot different uh, in terms of your relationship with your teachers? Like, can you tell that it's a bit different, a bit weirder? Yeah, because they can't really judge how much time it's going to take for each assignment. So I feel like they actually give more work than in school which is yeah it's pretty annoying but (laughs) but you're still getting done quicker than you would if you were at the building yeah because like there's no there's no one to like slow us up by asking questions you can just Mm -hmm. email them they have uh office hours which go from 
10 to 11 and then two to three, I think. And oh, cool. they'll give you like a response within two minutes if you ask a question. Oh, awesome. Do, do you use that a lot? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so you're just like getting through it, taking your two. Why, okay. Tell me about this two hour lunch. Why are you getting a two hour lunch? I don't know. You're just know. taking a two-hour lunch, or is it, like, scheduled? It's scheduled from uh, 11 to 1, so we've got time to go outside, uh, eat lunch, talk with our friends. So I'll use it to eat some lunch, go play some basketball, maybe play some video games. So you talked about getting on FaceTime um, and kind of hanging out with your friends that way. Uh, what does that feel like compared to the way it was before this quarantine stuff? Well, honestly, it's a little better because all of the friends that I'd like to see during the day, I can see because sometimes you won't have a specific friend in your class, but now you can have all of your friends with you while you do your work all day. Okay, that's kind of cool. I haven't thought about that. So do you feel like you kind of have access to your friends like all day long because you have like, I guess, freedom to use the internet? Yeah, I mean, we obviously like would have to leave FaceTime sometimes to watch videos or something like that. But for the most part, you can see your friends all day. Uh, which is like different than school, right? Because in school, you're like you said, you're in classes. Yeah, really, the only time you can see all your friends is at lunch, and then other than that, you may see one or two in the hallways, or, and you'll have a few in your class. But it's really hard to kind of connect with everyone during the day. Okay, so I'm gonna make myself really old. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> um, when I was in. It would have started when I was in junior high. When I was in junior high, uh, AOL Instant Messenger just started. And so when I wanted to hang out with my friends online, like we would go to, uh, you know, like basically kind of chat rooms, but only your friends could come in because you had to have each other's screen names or whatever. Yeah. And uh, so I would like go and I would just be typing for, I don't know, two or three hours at night talking to all my friends. I have no idea what it's like to try to talk to all your friends with the technology that we have now. Like, are you on FaceTime with a bunch of people at a time? Are you calling people one at a time? Are there a lot of text messages? Can you kind of describe what it's well, like to hang out online? You would have your group chats with a certain amount of people and then and what's like the preferred like group chat platform? Uh just the regular messages app. Just like iMessage? Use. Yeah. So everyone has like iPhones or or a Apple computer or something? Something like that, yeah. And even if they have like a Samsung, they can uh they can still text with the messages mm -hmm. app. So uh and then you'll have your group chats and then you can FaceTime. You can do a group FaceTime with group chats. So you can have like seven or eight people in one FaceTime. And then while you're on FaceTime, you'll be texting another group chat and texting <laughs> like two other people. <laughs> so how in the world are you keeping all that straight? <laughs> well, that seems like a lot. 
you just kind of have to be sure you get your group chats like straight and you know which one you go into because i mean just recently i've seen a lot of incidences where like people text the wrong chat and (laughs) nothing bad has happened yet but i feel like eventually someone's gonna badmouth someone and it's gonna be on the wrong chat and some drama is gonna start i did accidentally break up with someone because i was texting someone else that i was thinking about it and sent it to them instead (sighs) and that was uh yeah that was a bad one (laughs) so i think this is what you're talking about it can get pretty dicey yeah (laughs) (laughs) but it hasn't happened yet in your friend group not so far Okay, that sounds very reassuring. Sounds like you're able to keep all all of it going. Um, are you doing that at the same time as you're doing schoolwork? And don't tell me if that's going to get you in trouble. <laughs> uh, not usually. We'll be on FaceTime with people. And then if you need help from someone specifically, you can text them. Or you can just ask your FaceTime group, like, hey, do you know blah, 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 like what we're supposed to do for language arts today. And I I do that a lot, and I get yelled at a lot because I'm too lazy to kind of look at it myself, so I just ask other people. <laughs> uh, that that sounds like me in school, so... Except I would just do that, you know, in like real time and at, yeah. at school. <laughs> Usually before school. Usually on the day that assignments were due. An hour, you know, like half an hour before school. Yeah. So... Uh, Yep, it just sounds like it's all digital now. <laughs> For the Procrastination most. is digital. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how, like, are you, uh, well, how, let me ask, how long have you been in kind of this, like, self-isolation quarantine thing so far? Well, I've been self-isolating kind of with, other people so i guess group isolation where okay i've got well i had two friends that i would hang out with one at my dad's house one at my mom's house but then uh one of them backed out so now i have one friend and he's not hanging out with anyone else so it's just me and him who are hanging out and we yeah we're the only two Okay, that's nice. So it's like you have like your families like have an agreement kind uh, of thing. Is that how it works? I don't actually know. Yeah, so my parents are okay with my friend coming over because they know that his family is being careful as well and vice versa. Yeah. Well, that is uh, very nice. I don't have any friends coming over. (laughs) I'm just married to one friend, so that's good. Yeah. (laughs) That's good. Different lifestyle, but it's it's working out well. Um, Okay, so you you have some kind of like social life, but it's really small, much smaller than it was, right? Yeah, because I mean, just today I got a text from one of my friends asking to hang out and I had to say no because I don't know what he's been up to and he doesn't really know what I've been up to. And that was kind of sad for me because he offered to go play basketball with me and I really wanted to do that, but I couldn't. And basketball is your thing. Yes. Um, So so like that's something you would normally have done. 
like at a drop of a hat. Yeah, like finish school and then just go straight over there. That, uh, how like how, how does it feel to like I mean to be in school like that's the time where you're supposed to be hanging out and you're not getting the chance to right now. Well, we had basically one week off before our spring break. So mm-hmm. and our spring break is week long. So we had uh two weeks of spring break when we were supposed to have one. So I kind of got my chances to hang out then. That's nice. Yeah, but again, we were still doing kind of self-isolation so I couldn't see anyone really. So it I'm still able to go outside for now, so it I'm not totally insane in my house. <laughs> yeah. But I uh I can't really Wait, what was that? That was Matt. <laughs> All right. Well, it sounds like someone might be going insane. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, but you're still feeling like, okay, I'm not I'm not insane yet. Yeah, I still have like since i still have my phone and the internet hasn't crashed or anything i can still talk to people so that uh that's pretty nice that's pretty nice this is all sounding not so bad not as bad as it could be yeah definitely because we we're like if they're thinking about shutting down the parks and then i wouldn't be able to go outside and play basketball and i think that might drive me over the edge because if they shut down the parks most likely i won't be able to hang out with my friends and i'll be cooped up in my house all day yeah and uh that i gonna be a lot yeah i'm a major extrovert so it's kind of hard to me to stay away from people yeah that's gonna be really tough um how like do you uh, are you worried about it uh I would I'm a little worried but like it's it's not that worrisome yet because they're only thinking about it and it's not that big of a possibility but if they start realistically talking about it I would get a little worried and I'd have to come up with like a plan B in case I'm not allowed to go outside anymore. Do you have a basketball hoop at home? I don't. All right, so uh, that's, yeah. uh, I, I don't know what you're going to do. Basketball is a hard thing to uh, to do in a small space. Yeah. I mean, I have a little arcade mini game in my room. So yeah. that'll, uh, I guess that'll be my entertainment. I guess so. Um, what's it like to um, kind of spend this much time with your family, which is not like, I mean, no, normally you'd have a full school day, but you're really hanging out a lot with family now. Uh, it's pretty annoying. <laughs> I get to do like three times as much ditch dishes, which, uh, mm-hmm. is my least favorite chore. Mm-hmm. Uh, me too. And also <laughs> me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, my family's pretty chill, so I don't have like any helicopter parents, so they wouldn't like, I mean, I'm not getting like covered in hand sanitizer or anything which is leaving me it's i'm all right for now Mm. yeah and then uh i still have a trampoline at uh both my houses actually so i can still go into my yard and bounce around trying to get out my stress 
Nice. Yeah, yeah. they keep saying exercise is, the, is one of the main things you need right now. Yeah. Like all of us should be exercising, they say, on the news in different places. Kind of hard when they want us to stay inside. Yeah. Well, at least you have like a trampoline. That's pretty good. Especially <laughs> yeah. since the weather is getting really nice. Yeah, well, I heard it's supposed to snow pretty soon, so... No, don't say that. <laughs> nope. No, not happening. That's not happening. Push Fake it out news. of the brain. Fake news. <laughs> um, yeah, so, okay, it sounds like you're doing pretty good. Um, are you... Uh, do you... I guess my last question I want to ask you is, um, do you have any encouragement for people out there who might just need some kind words from a friendly person? Kind of just stay safe. Uh, try and uh, hang out with your friends online. It uh, it really helps personally to have yeah. someone to actually like talk to about your problems uh, and just be careful. Definitely. All right. Well, um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, I um, am super grateful and I am sending a lot of love to you and your family. Oh, thank you. Well, it was my pleasure. It was very fun. All right. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Bye. Bye. In the last part of this episode, we're talking to Matt. If you're looking for ways to turn the dial up on your health, Matt is your guy. I came into our conversation actually expecting to talk about family life because I had just talked to Amelia and Jules, but obviously, as someone who is practicing medicine right now, Matt's mind is fully engaged with how to help his patients and his family get through the pandemic. During our conversation on April 2nd, Matt described how much his practice has changed and how there are so many simple ways we can help our immune systems right now. Are you eating? I'm eating. I'm eating soup and taco de yeah, just got home. <laughs> okay. And I'm walking on the treadmill. Because oh. I'd normally go for a walk on the, through the neighborhood outside, but now I'm talking with you, walking on the Do treadmill. Do you walk outside and eat at the same time? No. No, I don't. So you are like seriously multitasking right now. Yeah, it's kind of like not really recommended in the whole Chinese medicine realm. But, you know, but it's not. a new, we're in a new world. I, I, I basically got all that I needed. I just needed a little more. Oh, so. oh, so you're going to be done. I was, I was yeah. going to give you like yeah. tips and tricks about how to eat on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I would have to mute and then take a bite and then unmute. And then... Uh, you know, I, yeah, I, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Um, I'm an audible eater. Yeah. Well, you know, so we're in the, we're in the uh, world of ASMR videos and, uh, all that so it would be just fine i'm sure some people would enjoy listening to you eat funny enough speaking of background noise um did you hear me yell at julian yes while you were talking about yeah. so the dude has this ball he puts everywhere or he bounces around and he never puts it back and it somehow <laughs> always rolls right behind me and amelia and then we almost like crack our heads open <laughs> like and so i was actually on the treadmill while you were doing the interview I go to step off and I, I like do some ninja move to avoid cracking my head open. I'm like, Jules, like again, like, 
five times we've told you about the ball. Well, all we heard was was a monster growl and some laughing. So, um, oh no, there was the the monster growl was earlier. Oh, was, it was it was intended. I was trying to. I was at trying to add sound effects. Oh no, then we didn't hear. I don't think I heard point. the other point. I was like, Jules! <laughs> oh, no, I think I did hear that. Anyway, yeah. I, I'm hoping to put all these three interviews together in one episode. Yeah, that's what Amelia said. That's why uh, I finally got off my butt. It's going to be it's gonna be really fun. So uh, the people listening will have to see if they can hear, uh, if they can hear Jules. They'll go back in time and listen. Um, you know, just rewind. Probably like 10 minutes or something. Um, all right. So, um, you know, as we get started, we like, we kind of, uh, unofficially started already, but I always, um, tell people a couple of things. One, um, we'll say goodbye on this, you know, I'll be like, Hey, like we're hanging up the phone or whatever. And then I'll hit stop mm-hmm. recording, but don't close anything yet because, uh, mm-hmm. the audio has to kind of go up to the cloud from both our sides. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll still be talking like we're talking now, but I'll hit stop recording. Um, and then I'll kind of give you like an all clear. Um, and then uh, the other thing I always say to everyone, uh, this is not hard journalism. And I can't imagine what question I would ask you that you wouldn't be comfortable talking about because I don't try to I try not to ask hard questions. But if at all there's anything that you're like, ah, I don't want to talk about that. I You cannot hurt my feelings. Um, they'll be totally fine um, to just tell me that you don't want to talk about it or even if we're like five minutes into the conversation, you could be like, actually scratch all that. I don't want to talk about it. Um, totally. Yeah, fine. And then you can edit out something yep. if I sound like a total idiot too. Yep. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Totally. You know, um, why do you think everybody thinks I sound so quality? good? I'm just kidding. <laughs> how's the sound quality with this? I've never, used, I have these headphones in. And I've, it's I've good. It's them. good. Uh, one thing that's good about the headphones is that, um, generally it, it is, uh, it just gets the audio that's, close to the microphone which is good so it's a little bit better that way and then i and i do a little editing to kind of bring everything up to a good volume so as long as i can hear you we'll be good all right all right um so we've already talked to amelia and to jules so i am now really interested in what this whole coronavirus thing means to you and how it's affecting your life right now I guess that, yeah, those are two different things. What it means to me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Be harder. Uh, I'll think about that for a second. How it's affecting my life is easy. Um, I'm having to talk on the phone a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having to write more emails. Which, which are, it's not your, that's not your great love. No, 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 no. <laughs> but, um, as you know, I have uh, acupuncture and Chinese herbal medicine practice, yep. and um, there's a few of us practitioners, and um, one of them has uh, taken the last month off because she's going to she's taking care of her parents now, and then um, and so then it's Laconian and I, and we're uh, we're staggering our schedules so that we're so that only one practitioners there Mm -hmm. and then we're making it so that it's uh safe where people don't cross paths basically wow yeah a lot of schedule changes and then um and then just uh obsessive cleaning and sanitation sanitization yeah clinic and uh 
And then uh, just uh, about a week ago, we started wearing face masks and um, having um, patients come in and wearing some sort of mask or bandana or scarf just to to bring down basically every possible uh, probability down as close to zero as we can. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, whatever you can do to stop the risk as much as you can. Yeah. And one of the big issues is that, um, you know, there's people who have like really serious health conditions and are immunocompromised and the extra vulnerable population who are coming in to get treatments. And then the treatments are helping them to be in a much better place so that they are. Uh, their whole system is stronger. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of people where the only place they go is their home and the clinic. And so the clinic has to be like really clean, really safe place. So just a lot of extra work with that. And then so we're shortening our hours and everything. Wow. Um, That's a lot of changes to make all of a sudden. Yeah. And then I had to first learn about about the virus to make sure we were doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, so a lot of, a lot of reading. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of talking with people on the East and West coast and, um, we got some really, uh, good connections and good people that know a lot. And so just kind of putting all the information together to figure out what is the best course of action for everyone. And, then keeping flexible as new information comes. So I, I don't want to, you know, ask for advice for free Um, because you have a (laughs) practice and a clinic and people can go see you and get really tailored, um, really specific and particular uh, help and medicine from your clinic. Um, But as someone who is always practicing, you know, has a health practice, what, do you have kind of advice for people um, outside of what they might be getting from just like the CDC guidelines and, and stuff like that? Yeah, actually, like CDC is going to come out pretty soon to say that jello shots are great at preventative. What? Yes, 90-proof vodka. <laughs> You're- you got to throw your arms above the, your head, though, and yell while you do that. Okay, okay. I will... Um- We'll put that in the show notes. Uh, Matt's instructions for getting through uh, COVID nineteen. <laughs> Actually, that that it's like I'm like when people ask me this stuff, it's like I'm like the automatic popularity contest loser. You know. What do you mean? <laughs> well, uh, like things that you can do to decrease your risk are stay away from alcohol. Yeah. Um, like I, since this broke out, like. You know, Millie and I like to have some wine here or there or something. Um, and we haven't touched anything just because it's like, again, it's bringing all the risk factors down to as close to zero. Yeah. And, you know, alcohol is one of those things that uh, alcohol and sugar are things that are comforting yeah. and coping mechanisms. And then, you know, um, and a lot of other like, stress management mechanisms that people have like working out hanging out socializing going out to eat all sorts of things are just 
cut off right now. Yeah. And so a lot of a lot of people are just trying to figure out whatever works for them. And so um, I think there's a we all have to find where our own balance is. And if I was in a different position uh, with my work, I would um, like if I was doing a computer job from home or something. I would be a lot more lax because yeah. um, I wouldn't have to worry about uh, exposing other people. Yeah. So I would, I would, I would loosen up a little bit, but um, in my position and then the people that I work with tend to have like uh, not much margin for error. So like those are a couple areas where um, you can sort of, reduce your risk is uh, by what kind of food and drinks you put in your body. Do you, I feel like you are a person who, who is usually pretty low stress, but I feel like this is a high stress moment for your practice and for your life. I mean, it's a high stress moment for everyone, but the idea of like taking care of people, who are immunocompromised and who have um, health risks above the average person feels like a really stressful place to be. Am I, is that right? Well, that part isn't stressful. That part's, um, uh, I feel really confident and comfortable in that. The more difficult part is, um, so I'm not letting anyone who's sick come into the clinic. And normally we're like, yeah, if you're sick, come in because we can help you get better. Yeah. But now it's like, sorry, if you're sick, family member's sick, like I can do a phone consult or a, like a something over Zoom or, you know, yeah. but I, 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 and then I can mix up some herbs, but I can't actually treat you. So that's what's stressful is because you know, in Chinese medicine, we take the pulse, we look at the tongue and we look at like subtle, uh, fluctuations and patterns on the skin and the eyes. And even on a video chat, like you can't pick that up. You can't touch someone's abdomen. So it's like some of my diagnostic tools are taken away. And then I'm treating something that's very fast moving. Like I've had, um, a few patients with active COVID and I make them herbs and someone picks them up and, and, and it's a very fast moving thing. So it's like, we have to talk every day wow. I have to change the formulas. And so there's, um, but it's like the, the Chinese medicines really works well, especially if you get the right diagnosis and, um, the right treatment that it really works well. And I'm, studying with a lot of my teachers and the West coast and East coast who are uh, further along in their um, treatment with uh, active COVID patients. And um, we're all, there's this whole community. We're all sharing our stories and working with uh, um, our colleagues in China as well. And there's just all this like uh, information sharing and it's like, it's just really cool and i wish there was about a hundred times more or a thousand times more people don't know how to do this because that would seriously save the amount of people that needed to go to the hospital and it would uh, you know really reduce suffering because people would be able to process the virus a lot quicker and 
have much less severe symptoms by supporting their physiology to work through it and then gain the natural immunity. So for people who, I mean, we're getting into a conversation now that's really going to kind of touch a lot of people and make them consider what will happen if they are, if they get sick. So if they, um, one, I mean, I'm wondering at this point, are you taking new patients? Yeah, we're always taking new new patients. Um, it's, it's a little more difficult now with our, our, uh, our schedule. We're not, yeah. we're not, we don't have as many openings, um, cause we're just there fewer hours, but, for people with um, who people feel like they're coming down with something and uh, like they're getting sick, like and it might feel like it's not just a normal cold, yep. like something's a little bit different, then they can just reach out our contact information's on the website and then set up a, a virtual consult telemedicine, I guess is the term now. So, um, and then we can see if it's something that we can help someone out with. And what's your website? Uh, it's acumpls.com. So that's like short for acupuncture and then Minneapolis. Yeah. And, um, I, I think people are really, you know, they're really scared at this time. And I think the more information people have, the better. The more access to resources, the better. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Um, and I, it's a little bit more sobering, this conversation, than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> because you're really like in the thick of it. And I don't know why I didn't come into this conversation knowing it was going to... I'm like... Um, we can take a right-hand turn. I can tell you about playing basketball. Well, one thing, before we take the right-hand <laughs> turn, which I do want to take, I want to um, just say thank you for taking care of people at this time. And I know um, that it's a big deal for you and your family uh, to, for you. And I know Amelia is also pursuing um, Chinese medicine and, and, and her own practice um, it's a really big deal for you guys to be caring for people right now. And, and I really appreciate you doing it and for being so diligent and careful with our community. It's really awesome. So, Thanks. yeah. Okay. So it's an honor. Yeah. yeah. But actually I should probably finish answering that question. I, I um, have a bad joke about the jello shots. <laughs> what it is about jello shots. I just think it's the weirdest invention but uh but really so like other things people can do get outside like get into trees like like actually look at trees look at birds look at squirrels like actually connect the senses to nature because that that helps to remind us on like a deep cellular level that we are like part of this otherwise we we have this tendency to get stuck in our heads yeah. Especially our um, modern culture, we're very brain oriented. Yeah. But there's all this other stuff going on, and so when we can connect to that, and we can see that we're really a part of this much, much bigger dance, and that this dance has a certain obstacle or challenge, difficulty that we're collectively digesting and working through, 
it feels a lot different than um, if you're thinking about, you know, read a bunch of news articles and mm -hmm. stuff, and then just thinking that there's this invisible thing that can be attacking me at any moment. Yeah. And I don't know where it is, and it could be anywhere, and it's dangerous. And and that's a difficult place to be, because then that puts us into this flight-or-flight mode, which, uh, which actually decreases our um, immune response, mm -hmm. our... Uh, that lowers the immune system, that messes with our sleep, that makes us more reactive and short with our partner or our kids, you know? So opening things up and expanding, like just um, accepting that there's a difficult situation and remembering that we're not alone, that we're all going through this together, even though we're isolated, like the... we. Nature's one way of reminding us about our connection and others to just like whatever sort of prayer, meditation, whatever traditions people have that connects with the heart space. Yeah. That's, um, that's that connection where we can be completely alone, but not feel lonely. And we have that, that connection that transcends time and space. And that's, we always have access to that. We just have to, go inward instead of our habitual movement of attention outward. And so then we focus more on that inner environment. And that's like we the old Chinese saying, of, if you change your mind, you change the whole world. If you don't change the mind, you can change the whole outer world, and then you're still unhappy, you know? Mm -hmm. I, um, I think... Like as you were talking about nature, I don't think there's ever been a time where people have been more comforted by nature in our lifetime, I would say. And well, and I would say also in the cultures that I've experienced or that I know well, you know, growing up in Texas or living in Minnesota, going outside right now is feels like one of the most comforting things I can do. And it's it's deeper than like, than my own understanding of it. If that, I mean, obviously that's what you're just saying right now, right? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's uh, cellular things happening. There's electromagnetic field things happening in our body. There's um, genetic things. There's all these different energy movements and resonances that happen. And even though we aren't, we don't have concepts and we don't have to make them happen. They just yeah. happen when we, when we do certain things, like when we put our body in certain environments, when we share a space with people we really care about, you know, or have a conversation that's really nourishing, like these bring out and it actually changes our, our chemistry in our body, which is can be really um, nourishing and uh, supportive for the immune system. I had an thing, ex one, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say one thing about the immune system is that. Um, Every organ in the body is part of the immune system. It's kind of like uh, you have something called the economy. There's no one thing that's the economy. It's not just real estate. It's not just humanitarian aid. It's not just uh, banking and construction. You know, they, like it's all this stuff. So many different things make this thing. And that's kind of like everything in our body is related to the immune system. Mm. And it's not just the 
antibodies and the white blood cells and like um, uh, we used to think. And so the modern, the more modern Western medical approach recognizes that, and then also the um, Chinese medicine approach has recognized that for thousands of years. And so understanding that, it's like, oh, so I just have to really take care of my whole being and honor my experience, and that alone is will take care of the immune system to the best that I can do at this time. It's really liberating, too, for like a person who hasn't studied anything. It's like anything that you do for your body ups the dial or turn, you know, it's like anything that you do for your body is good for your immune system. You remember algebra? Yeah. When was the last time you had a math class? Yeah. So you know how you had like those equations where there's like all these different variables. There's like X, yeah. Y, Z, Z. So health is basically a long math equation. It's just a lot of different variables. And some variables are more heavily weighted for some people based on their genetics or their lifestyle or their um, the environment they grew up in. But it's it's relatively the same and then it, it's that it, there are so many different factors and then we have control over a lot of them and so my personal attitude is well why not just take the dials that i can actually adjust and adjust them all in my favor to the extent that i can yeah and it's not i mean you know like it's not that hard to cook vegetables <laughs> for instance, you know, like it's hard. Come on. It doesn't, well, it's not rocket science. You know what I mean? It's like, I I think it's emotionally difficult. Well, what (laughs) that frozen pizza looks so much better. Right. (laughs) What like the, I think we're all thinking about our immune system and right now, and this idea that, um, to, how do I help my immune system? You know, we don't, and, and, and I don't, I'm speaking as a, lay person as if I can speak to everyone, but I think most people don't know very much about how to help their immune system in the way that we think that you're supposed to in this like kind of high chemistry way um, with the the right pill or the right vitamin or this or that. And um, I'm very comforted right now about this idea that um, I don't know, taking care of my skin is useful you know, washing my hands, for instance, but also, you know, like good hygiene, um, going outside, exercise, like these things that I definitely have control over and I know how to do um, are all good. They're all turning the dial up. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And like, so for someone in your situation with, um, two young kids and a lot going on like sleep is one of the best that's better than any pill you can have Mm. you know like obviously not too much sleep you don't want to sleep like 12 hours but like like if the kids wake you up in the middle of the night you only get a few hours of sleep whatever then when they nap you nap don't go and get that extra thing done or fix that just be like all right i gotta you know like be kind to myself, like and ask, you know, well, what do I need right now? And so that you can kind of keep going because in doing that and taking, finding little ways to take care of yourself, then 
you're actually better able to serve your family. So I think you might have said the word crisis or something, but so the, the word crisis in Chinese is a combination of two words. It's wei ji, and it's danger and opportunity. Mm. It's kind of like, it's, 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 it's encapsulating like this, like, there's the, there's two aspects. There's this like yin and yang of it where, yes, there's challenges, but there's also this opportunity. There's potential. There's, there's a change and change that can, some aspects are going to be painful, but also some can be beautiful. And I think it, it takes a certain mindset for us to like look for opportunities to basically open up and create those um, uh, beautiful moments. And then also uh, there are possibly ways that there can be some really lasting positive change, just like there can be some ways that there could be lasting negative change. And I think the more that um, in our everyday lives, we're looking at our experience and seeing where the potential is for you know, positive change and lining up with our intentions in life, then, then we start to see that. Yeah. It's kind of like if, if, if I tell you, okay, don't think of an elephant, maybe don't think of an elephant. You're thinking of an elephant. Right <laughs> yeah. Now, right. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So that's just how our minds work. Whatever we're focused on, we notice more. So if we're focused on fear and anxiety, we'll notice everything that justifies our fear and anxiety. And we'll notice more of that in other people. But if we're looking at, you know, potential and opportunity and some of the um, hopeful things in life, then we'll notice that. Like, I remember, like, just being in the grocery store and just seeing how, like, kind people were and, and, and patient. Hmm. People are usually not patient. I'm, I have trouble with patience sometimes, hmm. so... Um, uh, so I, I can appreciate it when someone is being patient in a situation they normally wouldn't have. And it's like, oh, wow, like this is, this is really special. Like that feels good. Like that everyone is like sort of in my experience in this moment is actually like patient and kind and reflecting this, um, sweetness around, you know, and these are all strangers. Yeah. I think it's uh, it's hard sometimes when you are full of fear and anxiety to turn and to try to, you know, especially if you're going on and reading news or if you go to the grocery store and the environment is so different than it was before in terms of like the way that it's set up and the way you have to wait or, you know, things that might shock you or you're all the thing, obviously all the things that are closed. Um, but I, it, it, I think there's a discipline um, of trying to look for that goodness or that uh, opportunity um, that this is a time to practice. Yeah. And it's like each, each person, I think we all have the, this yin and yang type of situation within us. And, 
challenging situations, it can either bring out our insecurities and our selfishness and our fear and, and then we can act that way or we can shift it around and it can bring out the most amazing qualities in people that no one ever knew they had. Yeah, They didn't know they had it until they were challenged to dig deeper because as we get deeper into that core, we come to this like basic goodness that we all have. And, and a lot of times it's difficult situations that um, challenge us to go deeper and find that. That's totally it. Yeah. This is uh, for a lot of us, one of the biggest, if not the biggest challenge they've ever had in that way. Just kind of the changes in, in the world right now. So I appreciate that perspective of looking for the opportunity. And it's something that I want to practice uh, in every, all the days ahead, you know? Yeah. And even just like, you know, it, we, we can have sort of, we can set intentions or have aspirations and they can be sort of far fetched, but it's not really about doing it something right, but it's sort of like, having the intention then that that sort of brings us in that direction more easily yeah yeah i should probably i hate cutting us off because i could probably keep going for another hour because this is really good for me to hear <laughs> um but i do want to ask a couple more things um one yeah um, can you just give information if people want to reach out to you one more time? Uh, if they want to reach out to you, what what should they do? Um, send an email. ACUMPLS.com. Yeah, yeah. And then the email is, the email is on the yeah. website. This has been really helpful. Whatever you put out into the world after this is going to be really helpful. And I just super appreciate it. welcome thanks for chatting with yeah me. thanks for coming on the podcast yeah. thanks for letting me use the treadmill too. yeah <laughs> all right i'm all out of breath i'm like breathing heavy <laughs> good it's, it's good for you exercise the immune system yeah we're good thanks matt all right nice chatting with you bye thank you for listening and thank you to Amelia, Jules, and Matt for coming on the podcast and for connecting with all of us. If you'd like to help this podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, or Stitcher and rate and review the podcast. It totally helps. And if you're interested in more resources and you want to talk to Matt about his practice, go to acumpls.com. You'll find contact information and new patient forms for anyone in the Twin Cities area. Finally, if you feel like someone you know might feel comforted by hearing the voices of everyday people as they share how they're getting through these tough days, please share this podcast with them on Facebook or Instagram. Here's a bunch of love to everyone out there. We'll get through this together.